Welcome back in Morning Drive, ESPN 1025. The game, Nick Braden, D-Mays, Marquis with you. Good to have you in here. Hour three on a Tuesday. A lot of college football will kick around here in the 8 o'clock hour as we welcome in Bill Conley from ESPN. Does a great job covering college football. Bill, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Uh, I was reading your piece a couple of days ago. I think it was late last week about, you know, the SEC needs to really scrap divisions. We need to see these rivals, you know, play each other more frequently than once every seven to eight years. I'm in total agreement. There's there's too many good matchups in this conference that we don't get on a year in and year out basis. But what was your uh, Cliff Notes version as to why you've come to that conclusion? Well, I think, you know, as I, I live in Columbia, Missouri, so I got, I've gotten to kind of witness the SEC process as a whole, you know, and, and, and watching somebody trying to kind of get incorporated into that conference. And simple fact is LSU is going to play at Missouri once in Missouri's first 20 years in the SEC. Um, and then, you know, when, when you got games like Florida-Auburn last week where, uh, you know, this is a – a rivalry that over the last 35 years or so has been one of the SEC's best they haven't played since 2011. It's just uh, when there's a better way. And, and you know, through over the years, I've, I've played with the pods idea many times, um, and it makes more sense every single time I uh, explore the idea and talk about the idea. When you've got a better way and you don't have to do it this way, and, you know, you don't have to go to nine games. Uh, you don't have to do uh, it, really anything too tremendously drastic. You just get rid of divisions, have everybody play more. You play three permanent rivals. You play five home-and-homes uh, for the two years, and then the other five home-and-homes in two years, you played everybody twice in four years. And, and that sounds like an actual conference to me. So I, I completely agree with you. I also think there's another way you can frame this that, that would be popular. And in my opinion – I I am not pro expansion of the playoff. I am anti expansion of the playoff. I value ex, I value excellence over access. Uh, I don't think like Barry Alvarez that everyone should get a trophy for participating. Um, but I will say that if you are going to expand, which they will, and you're going to add automatic bids, which I think they will, both of which I disagree with, you have to then put as much value on the conference championship game as you possibly can. Right. And and to get rid of divisions then allows you to put like the Big Twelve one versus two in the SEC into an SEC championship game. And and to me, that's a side effect of what you're talking about here. And to me, maybe even more importantly, the rivalries are great, but to put the best two teams into a championship game every single December strikes me as the best solution to making the playoff as good as it can be. Right. And one of the potential issues with, uh, you know, a pod system, and that's what we always refer to this as, but getting rid of divisions is, there's a chance you have weird tiebreakers in a given year. You know, there's one of the years when, when you go back and I kind of simulated, so to speak, uh, 2017, where you had Auburn beating Georgia and Alabama, uh, all three finished seven and one. And what happens? You have to, Auburn gets in, but then you have to choose between Georgia and Alabama. They didn't play each other. So how do you do that? And, and so, you know, the most likely answer to that is you can either do some sort of like, common foes kind of thing, but they whipped up on all their common foes. So you end up basically going to whatever their uh, college football uh, playoff ranking is at that point. And that's, you know, uh, people would come grumble about that, but, there, you know, it is what it is. You probably have Alabama in the, chi- in the title game in that regard, and whatever. Georgia probably gets in anyway, to, you know, anyway. So um, there are some awkward potential issues with that, but I just the, the pluses drastically outweigh the minuses to me.
Bill, your latest piece on ESPN.com is why Florida is being overlooked so much. And obviously, um, you know, one of the things you get into is from a gambling perspective for this game, you look at it and Florida is about a two-touchdown underdog this week at LSU. And I feel like all the, the, the novice gamblers are going to say, oh, wow, Florida looked so good last week against Auburn. You know, how can they be a two-touchdown underdog? And everybody's going to jump on Florida because, in part, LSU has really been invisible since that Texas game. They've had a couple of, you know, either a buy or a layup cupcake game. That number is that high for a reason. Are, are you buying into Florida, or do you think LSU is going to separate themselves this week? Well, I'm I'm buying into both teams. I think I, I've I've said LSU is a top five team all year, and and I've certainly been backed up. And one of those cupcake games was against a very good Utah State team, a very good Mount West team, I should say, and they made them look like you know Southern Utah. So um, I think there's been a, you know LSU has done absolutely nothing but back up a, a top five resume at this point. And if they do blow out Florida, I think it says more about them than it says about Florida. I, you know, Florida, it's been really funny this year. I think it's a combination of, you know, we all watched the Miami game, which was super floppy, uh, and we kind of we held that against Florida, even though Florida had 10 sacks and, and dominated the game defensively, and it was only close because of, uh, you know, Miami recovering every fumble somehow. Um, you know, we, we, we kind of held it against them that they, were, that they were kind of a more messy team this year, even though part of that was by design, I think. We held it against them that they played two FCS teams, which was certainly a little – scheduling quirk and whatnot but they've been this good all year they were as good as they were against Auburn they've been basically that good all year and if they recover one of four fumbles against Miami they win that game by double digits too they're really they're a rock solid top 10 team and I think uh I I trust them at this point but it's just that LSU might have a number one ceiling uh in, in you know in all of FBS and you know if they win this game easily I think that's why and I think that's the reason I think people view Florida as a clear number seven is that there's the top six in college football and that Florida doesn't right. Florida's missing something that puts them on that top tier so let's talk about that top tier Bill Connolly joining us here Clemson I feel like people are just like they they don't recognize that Clemson's played maybe a tougher schedule than Oklahoma or Ohio State or some of these other teams um but I, I look at Clemson and I go I, I'm just not sure why people are moving on so quickly from Clemson like one bad half of football against North Carolina and all of a sudden you know we're going to move on from all that weaponry and talent what is happening with Clemson amongst fans and media why are we punting on them so so quickly I I am not by the way I think part of it is that so many other teams have looked awesome you know this is not an Alabama Clemson and everybody else kind of situation at least not yet it certainly could become that as the year goes on. Uh, but right now you've had LSU playing at title caliber football. You've had Ohio State, you know, those plucky upstarts from, uh, from Ohio looking really good. <laughs> uh, even Wisconsin, you know, they, aside from, like you said, a bad half basically against Northwestern, they've been what maybe one of the two or three most dominant teams. So I think part of it is just that. It's that uh, this has been a, per, a, a more wide-open field than maybe we expected, and people are leaning into that. The other thing is Clemson hasn't really looked all that great this year. I mean, they we know that Clemson does this. We know that the goal is to basically be in fifth year in November, and, and so, you know we've seen that on many occasions kind of stumble through, almost wait till they get an upset or a near upset to really try, kind of shift into fourth or fifth year, and they've certainly done that. They The passing game has not been anywhere near as good as we thought it was going to be. They are kind of getting judged against a – against their own standards against uh, how good they looked at the end of last year but they aren't that good yet and 
at the very least, we know that they have to improve. They probably will. They have before, but they really haven't looked like one of the two or three best teams in the country so far. If you take the you know last year's resume off the table, they they probably wouldn't be number two in the country right now. Bill, a lot of people around the country, uh, especially Kirk Herbstreit, love Ohio State right now as the number one team in college football. Just been a machine all season. J.K. Dobbins second in the country in rushing. It looks like Ryan Day has just picked up right where Urban Meyer has left off, maybe even better than some expected. Yeah. Uh, do you have a strong case for Ohio State as number one right now? Yeah, I mean, again, if you take if you take all preconceived notions off the table, if Wisconsin isn't the most dominant team in the country so far in 2019, Ohio State is, and Ohio State didn't flirt around with losing to Northwestern, so they probably are number one in that regard. They really, uh, you know, using my FP Plus rankings, I, I like to lean on those for context sometimes. They played four top 40 teams already. Cincinnati's 38th, Indiana's 28th, Nebraska's 39th, and Michigan State's 18th. They played four top 40 teams. Beat them by 42, 41, 41, and 24 points. They are a machine right now. And, you know, we'll see. Like, we, we finally saw Justin Fields look uncomfortable for a little bit in the, in the first half against Michigan State. We'll see if other teams can now build off of that, kind of put together a how to beat Justin Fields kind of, you know, portfolio, so to speak. They have to play Wisconsin. They have to play Penn State. Michigan still got a defense, I, I guess. Maybe we'll see. Um, so there are plenty of challenges, but they've, I think, there's no question that they've looked like the best team so far this year. Georgia, Alabama, LSU, go. Oh, well, I mean, I, I always pick Alabama. I'm almost always right to do so. So right now I would say Alabama, LSU, Georgia, uh, but Georgia's still really, really close. All three of those have a top five case right now. Bill, always a pleasure. We appreciate it. You can read Bill Conley's work at ESPN.com and, of course, the author of the 50 best college football teams of all time. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. You got it. And, and Bill's not going to admit it publicly, but Tennessee's just a little bit behind those those three. Like, like it's Alabama, LSU, Georgia, and then t- just right behind Tennessee, Tennessee Volunteers, right there. I, I do want to. I think his his Missouri Tigers, by the way, um, have been absolutely dominant. Should since, be five zero oh. since they lost Week One to Wyoming. They will be a fascinating case study should they get through some big games. They've beaten Florida two years in a row. They have not lost in November since 2016. Missouri is a dangerous team. Looks like Kelly Bryant's going to be healthy. Uh, He avoided a serious leg injury. That Missouri team has been very, very good. I I wonder what the committee does when the first rankings come out and they look at a Missouri team who's dominated everybody, except for this one weird first weekend loss where they had to go to Laramie, Wyoming and play the Cowboys in some random game that no one should ever schedule. I wonder about the Missouri Tigers. That, that, there's something they are not out of this whole thing yet. We're all looking at Florida and Georgia in the East. Don't don't just completely discount the Missouri Tigers. College football playoff rankings will be coming out in just a matter of a couple of weeks. We will give our first installment of Top Four Tuesday in our college football playoff coming up at eight thirty. But when we come back, we'll continue on with the conversation about why these teams in the SEC can go so long without playing. That's next here on Morning Drive. All right, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, The Game. Top four Tuesday coming up at 8.30 this morning. Uh, weekly winners, your chance for to play uh, Silly Underdogs to get a pair of tickets to an upcoming Nashville sporting event or concert. Hit up thegamenashville.com or play on the ESPN Game Nashville mobile app today. Silly Underdog Picks, sponsored by the Volunteer Hose and Gasket. You guys know how it works. You pick three college underdogs that you think will win this weekend. Straight up, outright don't even need the points. Just get the outright victory, and you're on your way. Are we on our way, maybe, at some point, someday, 
to no divisions in the conference we care about. I, I hope so, and I hope it's the case in every in every conference, Big Ten, ACC. I, I listen. I, I'm on board with Nick Saban. Let's make it a ten game conference schedule. Uh, I'd be fine with that. I got no problem. Gus Malzahn, I think, is on board with that as well. They're the only two coaches I think in the in the SEC. I know Kirk Ferentz at Iowa is on board with a with with a ten game conference schedule. The Big Ten already plays nine. Um, you know, the Pac-12 plays nine. The Big Twelve obviously plays nine. I, I just think if to me, it's about there's two things here. Bill Bill Connolly's take on this is mainly t- driven towards rivalries. Why why is it that LSU will play one game at Missouri in 20 years? That's a problem. You're not in the same conference basically at that point, right? You're in a different world if you're going to play one time in 20 years. Missouri and LSU could could schedule a home and home faster than that. Um, so that is a problem. Florida and Auburn should be playing more often than than you know once every 12 years in the other person's stadium. You should be playing more often than that. A way to solve that problem is to get rid of divisions, put them all into the same division. The other thing that that does is it may add value to your championship game. And my biggest concern, and the Big Ten has dealt with this for years, that the East is so much more top-heavy than the Big Ten West. When when Northwestern is winning it, Wisconsin at eight and five is winning mm-hmm. it, and you're going against Penn State and Michigan and Ohio State, and they're you know teams competing for playoffs. You know, you have this imbalance in the title game. Look at the ACC. You have a 6-6 six and six Pittsburgh team against the national champion Clemson Tigers. Mm-hmm. That's not a balanced conference. So to me, I, I want one and two to play in the conference title game. And what that does is it adds the most possible value to that game you can. And then I'd be okay with automatic bids. But I would not be okay with automatic bids if 6-6 six and six Pittsburgh is one really good game away from clinching a playoff spot. I don't want you you to be able to be mediocre during the course of your regular season, and then you have one great performance and you've earned your way into the playoff. I think that's I think that's garbage. That's everything that's the opposite of what college football stands for, which is excellence. You have to be perfect. But I wonder, you know, how many you know, six and six um, or just above five hundred teams have won? You know, have have just on that fateful day in the championship game have won um you know if the number says it's high then no i don't want an automatic bid because anything can happen um you know based upon the numbers anything can happen in college football but i think for the most part you know it's it's true to form the better team will win in a championship game um if you have a team you know that that comes in barely over 500 and they're playing you know a 12 and 0 alabama or you know, a 12 and 0 Clemson or a 12 and 0 um, Ohio State, then more than likely that 12 and 0 team will win. Um, right, so but I, would I want love it to be to zero. See, I want the percentage chance that that team can win. I would is zero. love to see. That's what I want. No, because what what happens is no, what just, I because it brings more drama to the game. It's it tells me that if you get an auto if you get I, an automatic bid because that's what college basketball is. You get an automatic right. bid conference tournament. If you get an automatic bid. To me, that means you got to come in and play your A game. You got to come in, and it can't be no, you know, we're coming in, we're, we're because you know if you lose that game, you're not automatically in the playoff. That team that beats you can automatically get in the but, playoff. But forget so about love, your, forget about the playoff for a second, though. Uh-huh. Just just from a scheduling standpoint, like I'm with you, Florida Auburn should happen more frequently. I don't need to see LSU Missouri because there's not that history of a rivalry so much. I know they're in the same conference now. But if you're in a 14 team conference, mm-hmm. you're you're one of 14. So you're looking at it and say, okay, you know, we could play these other 13 teams. Well, you've got SEC games you got to schedule. 
non-conference power five cupcake i mean you can only there's only so many games well, you can schedule so you're going to omit certain things you, right you you would get by rid default of, you would get rid of the mandatory non-conference power five game like if you increased your mm-hmm. conference schedule from eight to nine or from nine to ten even you would you wouldn't make people play a, another power five opponent you'd probably they'd probably all play two cupcakes and and go about their business but it would allow for more sec games to take place more often that that's the key my, my issue derek with the championship game is mm-hmm. I, I don't want to take the regular season and eliminate all mm-hmm. that you've done and put all of the weight and gravity on one singular game because that's not what college football is about college football is about who is the best team over the 12 games that gets into the playoff and and to, to me what i want what i think adds drama to the game is making it the first and second best teams. The Big 12 does it the best. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 takes one and two, yeah. and they put them in their championship game, and they say, you know what? You want to make the playoff? Go win that game. Mm-hmm. And then it's basically an automatic bid if the Big 12, can get, if you can get in. Like Oklahoma beat Texas after they lost to Texas in the regular season last year, and they got into the playoff. What I don't want to see is an 8-4 and four team, because again, we had Northwestern last year in the Big 10 title game, who lost to Akron. <laughs> In the in the non conference that 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 game should eliminate you from the playoff. I don't want you to be one game away if you weren't that great in the regular season. I, I think that's ruining the, the 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 quote automatic bid and and the automatic bid again. I think is going to come at some point when they expand. I'm against all of that. But if you're going to do it, you need to put as much weight on the championship game as possible. And the only way to do that is to make it as good as possible and to give two teams that are the best in your league. A chance to compete but, to that but, automatic. But a division, division's only a bad thing when one of the divisions is really bad. Yeah, like it's worked out for the SEC with mm-hmm. with Georgia and Alabama and Georgia and Auburn the last two years, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's worked out. But there were years were, where Missouri won the East, and we were like, "Whoa, the West is way better than the East." Yes, but I think Missouri was eleven and one in one of those games. So mm-hmm. if you're eleven and one and you could earn your way into the playoff, then I don't have a problem with that. You know, the ACC is one of the worst examples because they always have a. It's like Florida State in 2013 versus Georgia Tech, or. You know, Clemson versus now North Carolina was pretty good that year, but you know Duke played in the ACC championship game. Virginia could be worthy this year and play in the ACC championship game, but we we've had teams that just are again like Northwestern last year in the Big Ten. I think was eight and eight and four when they played Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's you know like but, but that's not good enough. Like I don't want that team to have played a mediocre regular season over a twelve week period of time, eight and four. Mm-hmm. And then to be one game away from earning and, and stealing a playoff spot from another team that is far more deserving of that. That's my problem. But doesn't it it, it, it works that way anyway? Because if you have a team, you can you can lose your spot in the playoff if you lose your championship game. And you could still be the best team in the country. You could still be one of the top four teams in the country, a top three team in the country. But this just so happened on that fateful day, you end up losing that game. Does that mean you're still not one of the better, one of the top four teams in the country? No, it doesn't. But that can eliminate you from the playoff if indeed it all depends on what right. conference and, you're in. And if you lose, I'm fine with with that costing you a trip to the playoff. But it should cost but you a what trip if to you're the playoff. Still against one of, an elite what if you're team? still one of the top four? What if you're still one of the best? You've beaten everybody. You've you've blown them out. You even beat the the. Top ten teams, right? And then you right. lose that fateful game that can then put you that, out of the playoffs. That's not. See, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with a, an elite team, you know, uh, failing in a, in a big spot. I'm okay with a great team losing and that costs them a chance at the playoff. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. What I don't like is an, an eight team playoff with seven elite teams and then one team that doesn't belong there because they won one game. 
I, I want to eliminate an eight and four team making the playoff. I don't even want a chance at a nine and three team making the playoff. Well, if they expand, is that's the way it's going to be? Right, and that's what my response then to the expansion is. All right, well, if you're going to do that and you're going to add automatic bids to college football, which I think is dumb, but if you're going to do it, because I think it'll happen, if you do that, then you need to make the championship game in every conference as powerful as it can be, and that's that's my issue is. I want to make sure it's the best two teams in every conference playing in that conference title game if, in fact, you're going to put that much weight. Because let's be honest what a championship, a championship game is. A championship game was created by Roy Kramer in the SEC to make money. It wasn't created to, to, to have the best champion or to create the truest champion like the Big 12 would tell you, one true champion. It's, it's about, it was about making money. So conference title games are, are totally ridiculous. Like, you could play... In a conference like we did for a hundred years, and whoever had the best record at the end of the year was the champion. And but instead, we decided to make money and added a championship game in '92 and split the divisions. And it's been great; it's been successful. But if you're now going to put more weight and gravity on that championship game by making it an automatic bid to the playoff, mm-hmm. I don't want to see any crap teams in there. I don't want to see six and six or seven and five or eight and four. I want to see the best of the best in those games, so that we don't have a bunch of crap teams sneaking into our playoff because the whole point of the college football playoff is that only four percent of the teams get in right it's not the nba where half the teams in the sport get in it's this is college football four teams out of 130 get in let's keep it that way Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. kenny is next on morning drive what's up kenny yeah um to derek's uh suggestion that uh that that uh, a mediocre team doesn't nece- doesn't usually win that's true it doesn't usually win but a mediocre team does win and that happens all the time in the NCAA basketball tournament um, but the thing is is that when prairie view wins get catches on fire and wins they don't end up in the they don't immediately get put into the final four they drop out in the in the round of 64 and what you're talking about is you get some mediocre team that does uh, the seventh best team in the in the big 10 suddenly playing for the national championship uh, I don't want. I don't want to see that. I think I don't think it's true to what the national championship is supposed to be, and and it's it would be it would be boring and embarrassing. Well, and and you yeah. can, and you can go down the list. Like Ohio State last year lost to Purdue, mm-hmm. right? Six and six Purdue. The year Clemson won the national title, they lost to a four and eight Syracuse team in the regular season. You know, Michigan State made the playoff, and that year they lost to five and seven Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So the the teams that make the playoff still still generally lose a game somewhere along the way that they shouldn't. What I don't want to happen is for that game to be in a conference title game, and and for there to to an automatic bid be on the line. That's all. I I don't have a problem with teams losing in the championship game, and you know that costs you a championship. I, I'm cool with that. I just want it to come against a high level opponent who also deserves to be playing for the national title. And Georgia and Alabama have largely given us that in the SEC. You know, it was Georgia and Auburn two years ago. So, I mean, if you look at the SEC championship game, you know, 08, Florida, Alabama, the winner went to the national title game, right? 09, Florida, Alabama, again, winner went to the national title game. You know, 2012, Georgia and Alabama, winner was going to probably win the national title. So it's largely worked out in the SEC. Mm -hmm. I just don't want it to, like... South Carolina also made the championship game one year as like as like a eight and four team I think right under Spurrier and they got beat by Alabama I believe correct mm-hmm. yep. like that's the team I don't want to have even a chance <laughs> to make the playoff because you went eight and four you, you already proved that you don't belong in the playoff but, but, but what if it's 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 one of those teams and I know we got to go quickly to break but what if it's one of those teams where you know they they've played four or five top twenty teams or then, top twenty five teams and they've 
out of the four, they've won two and lost two. And then they get in the championship and they win. To well, me, ten, it's ten because and two of their, is okay. I their might be schedule, okay with their two. schedule has said it was a tough schedule. Yeah, I, no, and your 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 that situation is totally valid. Uh-huh. But if you're ten and two and you've played one of the toughest schedules in America, like Georgia last year finished eleven yeah. and two, they've played one of the toughest schedules. I would be fine with Georgia getting. I think two losses is fine. Mm. It's when you get to three and four that you start to say, "There's just no way you're a national champion. There's no way you're one of the best four or six or eight teams if you've lost three or four times." I, I just don't think that you can make that case. Ten and two, okay. Uh, you know, you played a tough schedule. You lost two good teams. I-, I could see that. Coming up next, it is our first installment of Top Four Tuesday. We will give you our four-team college football playoff as it stands today. That's next here on Morning Drive. All right, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Our top four coming up in just a moment. Let's get one more college football call in here. 737-1025. Shane is next on Morning Drive. What's up, Shane? Hey, not much. I, I disagree completely with, 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 with what's been said there. Would you really rather have an, an arbitrary group of people setting people in, or would you rather play it out on the field? If you don't win your championship game, you don't deserve to be there. It's one game. In, in this, I'll give you an analogy. You would have, in the basketball tournament two years ago, you would have had a, a extra game in there for whenever Virginia, who was the best team, lost in the first round of the NCAA uh, round of 64 or 68 or whatever you want to call it. You would have given them another chance. No. They had their chance. It was on the field, and you should win your championship game and, and, and play it out on the field rather than having a group of people in a room make those decisions. It's your own fault if you don't win that championship game. <laughs> well, no, I, I... – I think we all agree on that, and, and no, yeah. that's that's not what we're saying. Virginia lost in the tournament, yeah. so if you lose in the tournament, you're done. Yeah. We're not suggesting that somebody should. It's not a double. It's not college baseball. You don't get yeah, a, college basketball is just different yeah, from football. This isn't double elimination. What, what 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 we're saying is is that you should win it on the field in the regular season. Those twelve games you play in the regular season, I don't know if people know this, but they happen on a field, and, and when you play games on a field in the regular season. You ha- you have to be near perfect to get into the playoff. It's ma- it's it's what makes college football different than every other sport. You have sixty five Power Five teams. There's no possible way that they can all schedule equally. There's no possible way to evaluate them all against each other because it's not the NFL where every schedule's the same and your record's all that matters. It, you know, college basketball. I don't know if you know this, but it's a group of people in a room picking sixty eight teams. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's the same thing. I I just what I don't want is. I'm fine with automatic bids if you're going to make the path to the automatic bid as worthy as possible. Just just make the, the winning that automatic bid. Make I want you to be a worthy champion, basically, if you're going to get into the playoff. And yes, I think 13 people in a room do an excellent job picking teams. Conference championships mean absolutely nothing. Now, if you add weight to the conference title game, it makes them more valuable to me. But at, what did Alabama do two, uh, three years ago? Two years ago. 2017. Mm-hmm. Didn't even win their division. They were the best team in America. They won the national championship. Didn't even win their division. That, that's all you need to hear. You are not, because you win your division or your championship, doesn't make you one of the best teams in America. And Alabama proved that to us by winning the national title. 
after not winning its division two years ago. All right, so let's get to Top 4 Tuesday. We will do this each and every Tuesday at 8.30, moving forward for the duration of the college football season. This is our first installment, but let's let's set some parameters here on how we – are we all going to go about this the same way? Are we, are we doing it based off of resume right now? Who do you think is the better team on a neutral field? How are we formulating this? I, I think and, – and beauty sort of in the eye of the beholder, but the charge that we have given the committee – is to rank the best four teams in America. That's their job. It's you can kind of interpret that how you want, but the but right there in the committee line it says the be, who are the best four teams in college football. Now there's a lot of room for interpretation in that. Okay. So uh, I will lead it off. Uh, I I think this is very difficult because I think you're going to leave is. out two teams that legitimately have a case. But at this point, I'm going to go Alabama one. I'm going to go Georgia two based Ooh. off of what I saw against Notre Dame. Pretty much suffocating Notre Dame. I'll go LSU three, based off of the win against Texas on the road, uh, and I'm going to go Ohio State four. Uh, Bill Conley said with us 30 minutes ago they've beaten four of his top 40 teams, and they've done so in convincing fashion. So at this very moment, I don't have Clemson in, although it's very difficult to exclude Clemson because I, I think push comes to shove, neutral field, they're as good as anybody, uh, and I would leave Oklahoma on the outside as well. Uh, the only one that I don't consider is Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma's the only one that I sort of, like, they're sixth in, out of the six for me. Mm-hmm. Like same, I, same here. Pr- pretty clearly to me. Uh, otherwise, I think you can argue any any order. Yeah. Um, any order is fine. I, I'm, but if you ask me, and this sort of goes to your question, Nick, like, to me, it's if I've got every, if my entire life savings is on the line and I've got to win a game on a neutral field right now today, who do I think is, quote, better, right? And Alabama would be number one for me because I would pick the Alabama to go to battle with right now. Number two would be Clemson. They have not played as well as the other teams, but they've also played a tougher schedule than LSU. They've played a tougher schedule than Georgia. Um, they've played a tougher schedule than Oklahoma. They've even played a tougher schedule than Alabama and have been largely dominant outside of the North Carolina game. I just think if you're telling me to, to go to battle with a team right now, who's better? I'll take Clemson at two. Uh, this is where I get really... This is where it's really hard. I can't decide between LSU, Georgia, and Ohio State. I will go with Georgia three because I've seen them do it. I've seen Kirby Smart do it. I've seen Jake Fromm do it. They've done it against Alabama and played well. They've also beaten Notre Dame this year. LSU has the best win in all of America at, at Texas. I'd like to know what happens in the Florida game before I make this pick, but I'll go LSU four. So I will leave Ohio State out, which I totally realize seems kind of crazy because mm-hmm. – Ohio State has been dominant, so I'll go. That's my order. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, LSU. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going O-State 1. Um, I think O-State strength the schedule thus far. Um, they've basically dismantled everybody, and it doesn't seem like it's going to change. That defensive front is awesome. That defense is where it needs to be. The offensively, um, they got playmakers across the board. Justin Fields is, is playing lights out right now, run pass. Um, and, and I think Day has done a really good job at just, you know, taking what Urban Meyer had and just he's he's taking it and run. There, there hasn't been any, like, setback whatsoever. Actually, they've gotten better on defense. Significantly um, better. Exactly. Um, so I'm putting O-State one. I got Alabama at two. I got LSU at three. And right now, only right now, I got Wisconsin at four. Um, Georgia would be You know they get run out of the building now. And I, no, this is based on right now from what I've seen. 
I got I got Wisconsin at four. Next week it could be something totally different. Georgia's at five for me. Clemson's at six. Oklahoma is at seven. So, so you think if Wisconsin and Clemson played right now, this you is not about Wisconsin. no. This is not about if they play right now because I think Alabama would. You're saying who's O-State looked would, better? Through. Exactly. But I think O State would be probably. I think right now O State would beat Alabama, but do see, I think they would well, beat well, Alabama? So but I got games from now. I got, no, pro- I got, not. I got yeah. no problem with that. The problem is Wisconsin has looked far worse passing the football than Clemson. This has. is not about, but they look really good playing defense. They, they have; they're number one in the nation in defense, exactly. defensive efficiency. They, they've played a very weak schedule, and they dismantled Michigan. They, they did. That's their one game. Clemson dismantled Texas A and M, and and that was a better win, I think, potentially. Nah, Texas A and M is. Uh, I'm, I'm not Again, so we can, we can, My point is is. <laughs> I'm taking with, it from what I what I've seen right. again. Jack Cohn is not a good quarterback for again, Wisconsin. Again, this this has nothing to do about the with their quarterbacks because I think Tua is better than Justin Fields. So you're basing it off of accomplishments so far, not exactly. so much if they played exactly. on a neutral field. This has nothing to do with neutral field That's play. Fair. This is based based on what I've seen the last four or five games. To me, O State's one, Alabama's two. Yeah, I'm almost at a point where I don't like, have a problem with that. By the way, I, I kind of hate the fact that I have Ohio State in over Clemson. Uh-huh. Because I trust Dabo and Trevor more right now based on previous body of work mm-hmm. than I do Justin right. Day and Ryan Fields. And, and or, that, yeah, right, that, that yeah. too. <laughs> but all, all, all those guys. But yeah. that, that's my reason for not having Ohio State. Now, the other thing is, is I had them in this order since the beginning of the year. I haven't moved this order. And LSU just, LSU just dominated Utah State at home, a very good Utah State team. And, and Georgia just dominated Tennessee on the road. So it's like, how can I move Ohio State up? If the two teams ahead of them play just as well, right? Like it's hard to. There's no reason to drop LSU or or or, or anybody. My issue with Wisconsin in particular, again, and this is sort of the issue of the committee discussion in general. What is the committee's role? What what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to look at just what you've accomplished to date, mm-hmm. and and or is it how you've accomplished it? Because Wisconsin scored ten points against Northwestern. Mm-hmm. They they weren't good against Northwestern. They needed two defensive touchdowns to win that game. That's just as bad as North Carolina beating or. or Clemson playing poorly against North Carolina. So, again, if you're asking who's played better, you can make a case for both. But if you line them up and said, which one's the better football team, I don't think anyone can make the case that Wisconsin is the, quote, better football no, team. T- tell me, tell so, me if you so, think I'm you crazy know. with this one. Uh, you're Wisconsin. You might not like this, but uh-huh. I actually think on a neutral field. Penn State would beat Wisconsin. I, I would have Penn State. I would have Wisconsin yeah. behind Penn State for sure. I don't, I don't think Wisconsin. I don't think Penn State. Would I like beat Penn State's team speed. The, the difference with they Penn got some State, athletes. Penn yeah. State puts dudes in space. And you say what you want about James Franklin mm-hmm. and making mistakes at the end of games. He's done that before. But when he had a dude here at Vanderbilt, he fed him the football. James, Jordan Matthews fed him the football. Zach Stacy fed him the football. And what he does at Penn State is he gets K.J. Hamler in space. He gets these dudes in space running around. Sean Clifford beat out Tommy Stevens for a reason. Tommy Stevens transferred to Mississippi State for a reason. Penn State has gotten better and better and better as the season has gone on. I don't trust Wisconsin's athletes in space to hang with Penn State. It'd be a great game, but I would pick Penn State right now. You surprised that Wisconsin can't get a better quarterback. They always have this just, you know, mediocre game yeah, manager. Like the all they do is bring in the Alex Hornibrooks of the world. Well, so they had Russell they had Russell Wilson for one year yeah. and it was mm-hmm. the best year probably ever in the history of Wisconsin quarterbacking. Now, their backup right now is a true freshman five-star recruit. So they got you talk about bringing in a, a difference maker. They believe that Graham Mertz is a difference maker. He's in the same mold as all these freshmen that are playing right now, right? Like, you know, look around the country and you look at all these true freshmen that are playing. Jaden Daniels at Arizona State and Bo Nix at Auburn and he, he, Ryan Holinsky at South Carolina. He's ranked 
amongst those guys at Wisconsin, but he hasn't been good enough to take the job. And meanwhile, Jack Cohn goes like 12 of 17 for 112 yards every game, and you're going, that ain't going to beat Ohio State. Like, that ain't going to beat Clemson. That ain't going to beat Penn State. You're going to have to be better than that in the passing game. That's why Auburn just lost to Florida is because Bo Nix wasn't good enough to sort of carry the moment passing the football, and he's going to grow into that eventually. But you're going to have to have a super quarterback to win this year in the playoffs because this is, this is where college football is now. It's not just one game that you have to win now. You have to win three straight games to win a national title, a conference championship game against a high-level foe, and then two games. You have to beat Clemson and Alabama in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. And that's it. that is a hard ask for almost anybody else in college football. I, I try not to be a big uh, an SEC mm-hmm. apologist, but sometimes, man, the Big Ten, and I know it's your conference, mm-hmm. but Sparty and Iowa and Wisconsin, oh, it's just so boring to watch. Wow. I mean, it, it, it's boring. just go. Jonathan Taylor's a stud, man. I mean, boring football, it is what it is. And you're not going to see uh, – you see points scored um, – but then you say, well, a lot of points are being scored because they're playing, you know, Indiana or someone else. But when you go against a top-ranked defense, you're not going to get – I mean, points are not going to be scored no matter what the deal is. And then, you know, up north, you know, weather is a factor in a lot of this. Toward the end of the year, it, start getting, it starts to get cold and, and a lot of excuses over there, and everything else. <laughs> but, I mean – I don't look at it as as boring football to me. I mean, Ohio, I just, Ohio State ain't nothing boring about yeah, Ohio State. I just think it's no, it's, that's the exception. it's just the yeah. brand of football they play, and there are points scored on both sides. But the the assumption is, oh, it's boring football. See, I think that's what makes Penn State different. Penn State's different than Michigan, even. And you guys know I love Harbaugh, but Harbaugh doesn't get his guys in space with no. the ball. You know who does? Penn State. Mm-hmm. Penn State gets their athletes in space running around. And I will say this, though. Auburn and Florida wasn't exactly an offensive show, showcase No, th- this weekend. The difference is is the atmosphere and the crowd and the level of defensive performance and the coaching. Like, Auburn and Florida wasn't a pretty football game offensively. But it felt – you know what it felt like? It felt like 1997 SEC football. And that's sort of what Iowa-Michigan felt like this mm-hmm. this weekend, too, right? 10-3. to 3. Felt like 1997, you know, Big Ten mm-hmm. football. So – Two, two games that were sort of throwbacks this weekend. Coming up next, we will stick to sports here on Morning Drive. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game, big final, uh, final hour coming up as we will get back to all the Titans news of the day over the last 24 hours, as well as our buddy Chris Mason will join us coming up at 9.30 tonight, uh, the, or 9.30 this morning, the Preds tonight as they take on the San Jose Sharks. 7 o'clock puck drop here on 102.5 The Game. But first, we must stick to sports. The world is a crazy place. Crazy sounding pretty good right now. Let's lighten the mood. After all that seriousness, you're just going to crumple it up and throw in the trash. Basically. And stick to sports. Now, on Morning Drive. All right, Mace. S2S is BTYB. <laughs> Brought to you by Decorated Dead Interior. Stick with the pros at Decorated Dead when you're ready to decorate your home, office, outdoor spaces. Request a complimentary appointment, which is free in this country, all right? <laughs> Stick with DecoratingDen.com. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Number one. All right, so another edition of Stick to Sports Update. Now, you guys weren't here for this one. This was when it was me, D-Mace, and Corey Curtis. D-Mace, do you know there's a round two of Shaq and Damian oh, Lillard? Oh, no, it's DJ not. Diesel? 
DJ Diesel versus Dame Dollar in a rap battle. <laughs> so you two are gone. So basically, I played the first two, like a little snippet of the first two diss records between Damian Lillard and Shaq. Me and D-Mace disagreed on, I think Dame Dollar got him on that. But oh, wait, wait. So which side were you on, D-Mace? He, I was on Shaq's side. Of course. Right? Yeah, I was I thought, on Shaq. I thought, I thought Diesel's hype videos came when he came when he first launched his Twitter account were pretty mm-hmm. were, were pretty dope. Well, so <laughs> I guess it took Shaq a while to respond, but he finally responded with his diss record. He calls second round knockout. Let's just listen to a little <laughs> snippet of this this smoke that Shaq sends out. To Damian Lillard. Put some respect on my name. Put some respect on my game. Put some respect on these flames. I'm the big LeBron James. You can never come close to the GOAT. Barely make it every year. Cry complain about them all-star votes. See, you got the millennials fooled. How you rep over nowhere to an alley to capitalist fool. Think I really care if we speak. You just mad because your whole salary, yo, I'm making a week. You're losing, Damon. We can see it so blatant. Dr. O'Neill operating on the patient. You know I got a PhD. That's damn for put his down, you nothing but a scrub to me. We can keep this going. Keep on flowing. Shaq is worldwide. Dame Dollar don't know her. But you think I wasn't going to respond? Dropping little grenades. I'm dropping them nuclear bombs. Everybody going to get his ether. I don't like your I don't like Charles Barkley ether. <laughs> See, I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah, I love that he throws a ribbon on Barkley. You see, I, I don't think it's fair that he just threw uh, out Charles Barkley's name like that. But that's, that's, that's promotion. That's promotion for a show. Yeah, that's that promoting is. TNT. Yeah. That's the best damn show on television with sports. Oh right now. man, Shaq. So Damian Lillard, obviously being the lyricist that he is, had to respond to Shaquille O'Neal, and here is the smoke. That Damian Lillard sends out to Shaquille O'Neal. Use a cloud chaser, even after all the success. Fake love on the camera, he capping all at the desk. Ghost riders on deck, checker bars, no chest. Helen from the land of the muscle cars. No flex, you're not a rapper. You comedy, commentary, and actor. Feed him with a slingshot, you better call the pastor. David and Goliath, your stature's a non-factor. Friends really love you, they scatter and contact you. Like, Shaq, just let it be, cause no weapons gon' ever prosper. Remember, you're a cop with endorsements and you're a doctor. I'ma get the Tommy and do the diesel like Proctor. And your weight rising, you might get sing at the opera. You tell the world, prepare for a harder fall on the pavement. Then I put you under, today I'm working the grave shift. Race real solid, I'm dollar, but not for dollar sign. Only name you beat was 2000 and that was Stoudemire. Fire! Uh, Shaq is better. Shaq is still better. I'm with with D. Shaq is way better. Yeah, Shaq killed him, man. It's a better, it's a better. They're going to keep it it going. I I hope they do. And this is why I love the NBA. But you want to know why they're doing it? Because we're all suckers. Yeah, well, I love it. I'm a a sucker for this. You know know who wins? The two of them. Oh, I love it. Shaq killed him, though. I'm with D on this And the rat beef Shaq Put it on the board for the diesel. Yeah. But that, the, the come on. Three, come on. three votes for, yeah, three for votes DJ Diesel. Yeah. I guess, man. All right, whatever. <laughs> See, these just, young millennials, you know, yeah. they look at Damian Bullard. Like Shaq said, he said, got the millennial food. He got the millennials food. Shaq basically predicted what you would do. Exactly. Shaq has nursery rhymes, man. It's just, it's, no, <laughs> no, that's food. just not. He's got rings is what he's got. But, but, but here's the thing, though, with Shaq, like, look, you make your money, but, I mean, is he not just the biggest product you know what on the planet? Oh, I mean, he'll promote anything. Oh, 
Oh yeah, Shaq can promote oh, yeah. anything. He he's, is a product. You know what? He's he's pushing pizza now, right? Yeah, he, <laughs> I mean, Papa well, he John's owns part of it. Well, he owns a, a portion of it. I mean, listen, Shaq is just being a business. I see how he is unbelievable. He is quickly entering territory where you ask me, hey, you can have you can play golf with four people on the planet. Who's it going to be? Shaq is quickly entering the conversation with like Bill Murray and Obama. Like I'd, I'd hang out yeah. with Shaq anytime hey, just to hear what he talks. I about. love Shaq, man, but. Golf? I just <laughs> you want to play golf? <laughs> what do you want to do? I, I just I'm Shaq Diesel. I just think that again, it, it, they're both playing all of us. I feel like Could they, you, you they know are. what I'm saying. Could you see them both just on a phone call? Like Shaq calls was like, "Hey, what's up, Dame?" And they're and all like, know, "Hey, let's do some look, rap tracks here." And, uh, let's and you fight know, each other Adam and Silver has to love this because it distracts us from what's going on with the Rockets and that you know that comment the owner made about China and quote it, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. Pretty much, it just it, it distracts us from all of that yeah. because the, he wants the focus to be on the NBA. That's a way to get the focus on no, the NBA. Right. Have one of your That's legends go true. after a young buck like Damian. Although Lillard. Damian's been around a little bit now and keeps losing in the second round, right? Yeah. Or third? Did they make it to the third round this year? They're around. No, they made it to what? the conference finals. Yeah, and they they got, that was, but that was because they it was kind of by default, right? We knew the Rockets was the real game, the real series, right? Yeah, Warriors, yeah. Rockets in the second round was really uh, and that's why you one. win regular season games, though. That's that's the yeah, point. I guess that's true. That's a good point. Number two. All right, so there's a guy that got arrested, and I'm gonna tell you why. A Texas man gets arrested for robbing a bank because he couldn't pay for his wedding. So mm. basically, he robbed a bank that was. 500 feet away from the sheriff's office, which I don't know why you do that in the first place. And he, so he basically told the cops that he basically stated that getting married tomorrow, so didn't have enough money for the wedding ring and wanted to buy what I needed for the wedding venue. So I decided to rob a bank and then he was on the run for a while. And then his fiance told him to turn himself in after and he's shown his picture all on the news of him robbing this bank because I, I, I don't feel like. And first, I thought that the fathers of the wives were supposed to pay for weddings. That's what I, I've always um, assumed. It, it depends on but, how, old, how old you are. I think generally the older you get, the more you just pay for it yourself. Um, you know, I got married at 33, and we paid for a big chunk of it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, <laughs> listen, if, listen there's, if there's a way to avoid spending time with your wife right out of the gate, <laughs> the that, that's how you can do it. Go right This is what you do <laughs> to avoid all of that stuff and putting yourself in debt and all the other stuff just get a few friends go somewhere destination absolutely and get yep. married and you're on your honeymoon while you're getting yep. married and you spend less money and you have more fun you you want to trim the fat on a wedding budget destination wedding exactly do it two seconds it'll it'll cut then you, you won't have to rob a bank yeah exactly there you go. uh we got anything else I mean, we we ain't got enough time. No, we're but, I mean, time. Yeah, we're it. out of time. All right, coming up I had, next. I had to listen to that that fire, Shaq and Damian Lillard. That that's what took most of the time. I saw. Yeah. I saw. I was, I was watching. Uh, dude, I was on DJ DJ Diesel like three weeks ago. Man, I was. I felt like an early adapter. He was out there pushing it on Twitter when he had like 500 followers. I was like, who's this DJ Diesel guy? <laughs> oh, oh, it's Shaq. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Is that another Shaq account? <laughs> Final hour coming up. We've got our buddy Chris Mason at 9.30. We're going to get back to the Tennessee Titans when we come back. They made a roster move yesterday that was mandatory. We'll discuss it next on Morning Drive.